0: And now, Abba Father, I pray the prayer that the old preachers used to pray. Lord, stand in my body. Think with my mind. And speak with my mouth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for having your way today we all needed a fresh touch from you. Thank you for what you do in the corporate gathering of the saints. To hush us. To still us. To heal us. And to fill us no mistake that our children are learning about you in children's ministry. And it's no mistake, Lord, that we took your words literally when you said that your father is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. God, we want more of this. We thank you, Lord, that this is just dress rehearsal for heaven where we will sing hallelujah for all eternity and never get weary, never get tired, never think about what we got to do after this. We will be so enraptured and caught up in your presence. But I thank you that the Holy Spirit is the first fruit of our redemption. He gives us a taste now of what glory is going to be like. Father, if there was a riverside this morning, we would lay our burdens down. Lord, as we heard today, we will not let shame separate us from you. The devil is a liar and the devil is defeated. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for our Savior, our King, our God. Now, Lord, use me to speak your word. Open up the ears and above all the hearts of your people who are present and even online to now hear a word from you. And once we hear the word, may we be doers of the word. We love you and we thank you and we pray all this in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn over to the book of Esther, chapter 1. The book of Esther, chapter 1. If you don't have your scriptures, uh, the verses will be on the screen. Today, I'd like to speak on the subject of seven Traits of toxic masculinity, seven traits of toxic masculinity. If something is toxic, that something is dangerous. If something is toxic, that something is deadly and destructive. When I was a little boy, We would get stickers in elementary school that we would bring home. And these stickers would have a face on them with X's in the eyes or sometimes even a skull and crossbones to signify poison. And you would take those stickers and place them on the cupboard or on the the door handle or the door rather under the sink where mom would keep the bleach and all those Toxic things that could hurt a little child. And so when something is toxic, something is dangerous, deadly and even destruction, destructive, it's not meant for human consumption. Now when someone is toxic, that person is dangerous. A toxic person is deadly. A toxic person is extremely destructive, but watch my D's here. They are also extremely deceptive. A toxic person is deceptive as well as deadly and dangerous and destructive. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived so whenever we talk about deception where men are being deceived and deceiving others when we talk about these kinds of imposters we're talking about the devil because the devil is the author of deception. Any being that could talk a third of the angels out of the presence of God is extremely, not only deceptive, but successful in his deception. So when humans are toxic, yes, they're dangerous, deadly, and destructive, but ultimately they are deceived and they're being deceived. There is a stronghold of Satan on their lives. But today we're praying for folks like that. Because the truth has a way of setting people free. And, and all this time we spent today allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us was God softening hearts. of God trying to break through to you because of the defenses you put up. Because I intentionally put my subject matter out ahead of time. So that you could be ready. So that saints could be Praying. Because usually these kind of people don't always come to church anyway. Now, they are in church. Because as I mentioned, of all the years I've done ministry, almost 27 as a pastor, many times the worst kind of toxic person is a religious person. And I've worked with them. I've tried to help them. But I've learned they need Jesus and therapy. Some of me, Jesus and jail. But there are toxic men everywhere. The Bible is real because it talks about stuff that really gets in the crevices of people's real experience. It tells the truth about folk. It's a mirror, and if we let it, it'll tell the truth about us. And today we're going to tell the truth about a man, a powerful man, a man with great position and authority and great wealth. But he was a toxic man. He was toxic on the job and he was toxic at home. I'm talking about King Ahasuerus this morning, also known as King Xerxes. We're going to jump into this. The first thing I want you to see from this man's life is that toxic men are insecure. Verse 1 of Esther chapter 1, Now it came to pass in those days, in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. Verse 2, In those days when King Ahasuerus, sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast. In other words, he threw a party for all of his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media, uh, the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all. So he had a party for six months straight. And when these days were completed, the king made a feast lasting seven days. So this is the after party. For all the people who were present in Shushan the citadel from great to small in the court of the garden of the king's palace There were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of fine linen and purple on silver rods and marble pillars, and the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise and white and black marble. This is the P. Diddy of parties in scripture. But he's throwing this elaborate party for six months and then seven days because He is insecure. The king has to show off, as we see in verse 4. He's showing off his riches. He has to flaunt his power and his wealth because he lacks confidence, assurance, and inner peace. He has to one-up other men to remind himself and them That he's the man. Toxic men like to show off their material things and they love to be praised by others. They need it. They're like the Pharisees who like to wear the large phylacteries and they would put the word on their head literally and walk around with the flowing robes so that people could honor them and clap for them in the marketplace. And they love when people call them rabbi because they had a deep well of insecurity in their lives. And the thing about this long party for six months and then another seven days is that enough is never enough. Has to keep chasing these things so people can heap praise and accolades on him to try to fill this hole that only God can fill. Insecure reminds me of a president that we once had. Secondly, toxic men abuse alcohol. It's right here in the book. Let's see here in verse 7, it says, and they serve drinks, because you really can't party with these folks unless, you, you know, you got the drinks there, or the spirits. You ever seen a liquor store, and it says drinks and spirits? Well, watch out here. And they serve drinks in golden vessels each vessel being different from the other with royal wine in abundance. Royal wine means that's the good stuff. And it's according to the generosity of the king because he got to let you know nobody has a wine cellar like he does. He got the moed and the cristal and whatever you want to call it, the Hennessy for you hood jokers. He's got everything up in there. And he's doing this in accordance with the law the drinking was not compulsory. In other words, we're not going to command you, but we're going to create an environment where you just have to say yes to this stuff. For so the king had ordered all the officers of his household that they should do according to each man's pleasure. Open bar, drink as much as you want. So toxic men, they have an excessive indulgence of alcohol and other substances. And these things always lead to debauchery. Debauchery in the Greek means acting a fool. (laughs) So at the seven-day party, there were no restrictions placed on consuming alcohol. You ever been to a company party and you've been around folk that just start consuming alcohol and they start acting like a fool? And then the next day, you got to tell them what they did. So this is what the environment is for seven days. Toxic men find their courage, peace, and joy in abusing alcohol and other drugs. This is the courage juice that they need. This is what gives them so-called peace and joy. But again, no amount of partying or accomplishments can ever be enough to satisfy the ego of a toxic man. Thirdly, toxic men abuse their wives it's one thing if you want to be toxic on your own but you spread this toxicity to others and we see here in verse 9 I was so excited in the spirit I got up without my glasses Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace which belonged to King Ahasuerus there's my bride thank you baby let me look at you through these glasses while you're up here praise (laughs) the Lord thank you Jesus Amen. So what you see here is that they would separate the men and the women for party time. Okay, so, so, so the women are under Queen Vashti. There's a feast for them in the royal palace. Then verse 10, on the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Biztha, Harbona, Biktha, Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass, seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus, to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown. And what is implied here in the text is that that was all she had on, wearing her royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, brought by the eunuchs. Therefore, the king was furious and his anger burned within him. And so we see here that toxic men abuse their wives because in the king's eyes, his wife was something to be used as opposed to someone to be honored. I'm going to say it again. She was a thing to be used as opposed to a person to be honored. Vashti was his trophy wife. She was very beautiful and she looked good on his arm. And for him, a good-looking wife made him look good. So it's always about him. So I want to show your beauty off, your naked beauty, to my drunk dinner guests all of my officials, he is trying to exploit his wife. He is abusing his wife or at least attempting to do so because he didn't see how this would make her feel. Toxic men don't think about how it will make other people feel. They don't care how other people feel. All they care about is themselves. And sadly, this is probably not the first time he did something like this because toxic men just don't wake up being toxic. There are many traits and trails, and and, and they build on being toxic. And so this is probably not the first time he tried something like this, but for Vashti, this would be the last time. I said for Vashti, this would be the last time. And for the record, there are several kinds of abuse. There's verbal abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse in marriage, physical abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse, and even financial abuse. I could elaborate on all of these things, but time would not permit me today. And if children are involved, a toxic man will abuse the children also. Now again, let me say this, because King Ahasuerus looks successful on the job. He's got 180 provinces, a couple of continents are named in the Bible, India and Africa that he has authority over. He's got all these people. So he looks successful to the naked eye. And many toxic men are good on the job. Many of them are successful in the workplace, but at home, it's a different story. Because abuse is about power and exploitation. While the king is doing all of this abusing, he could care less about how it would make his wife feel. So let that sit for a minute. She is not a thing to be abused. She is someone to be honored, having been made in the image of God. And if you are a Christian, because I'm going to get to this point in a minute, she's your sister in Christ. Even before she's your wife in Christ and you need to treat your sister the way Christ would have you to treat her but let me keep on going number four toxic men can't stand it when women stand up for themselves because Vashti said no he gave a command to come out wearing your crown in front of a group of drunkards she said no oh, I wish I had the time to chase this but let me put this in here for free If your husband ever asks you to do something that your heavenly father or Jesus would never ask you to do, your greater commitment is to God and not to your husband. You obey or rather submit in the Lord. So if he has you do something or command you to do something that Jesus would never command you to do, you obey Jesus and disobey him. Somebody needed to hear that. I, I, I'm, coming, I'm coming for you in Jesus' name and in love. <laughs> Seen it too much. She disobeyed a direct command. By saying no to her abuser, she knew there would be consequences. Whenever you stand up to the abuser, there will be consequences. But again, she decided enough was enough. She created a boundary to protect herself. And that boundary was saying No. I am saying no. She surrendered one crown for another. See, because when you start standing up for yourself, it gives you the power to stand up to them. The focus is not let me stand up to him. No, let me stand up for myself. And as I stand up for myself, one of the derivatives of that will be I'm standing up to you. Because it's not about you. You may think you're the center of my world, but you are not. You are not the center of the universe. God is the center of my universe. And as he calls me to stand up, I'm standing up in him. And as a result, I can stand up to you. And so she does that. She stands up to this man, says no to him. He's probably not used to having people say no to him. But she used her power that was at her disposal to stand up. And again, she surrendered one crown because she knew, she knew that there are so many women waiting in the wings to take my place. If I stand up, I might lose all of this luxury. But you know what? The luxury doesn't compare to the black eyes, uh, 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 the, the, the spending sprees and the credit cards and all the royal robes. It doesn't stand up to my dignity. So I'm going to give you this crown and I'm going to keep my crown of dignity. So sisters, before I leave, I just need to encourage you, straighten your crown. You're queens of the most high God. Straighten your crown. Stop letting him have that authority over your life that only God has. Stand up for yourself. When a toxic husband begins to lose control over his wife, he gets furious, as the Bible says. And he begins to burn with anger. He becomes vindictive and consumed with regaining power. Because toxic men can't stand it when a woman does better on her own than with him. Because she's beginning her walk of independence now, that I don't need you, and I'm breaking this control that you have had over me. Well, fifth, toxic men use the law to control women. Verse 16 and Mimukin. When I see that, I want to say Metamucil. And Metamucil. Anybody else see Metamucil? And Metamucil answered before the king and the princess. Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also the princes and all the people who are all in the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will also be known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes when they report King Ahasuerus' commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. This very day, the noble ladies of Persian media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes so that it will not be altered, that Vashti will not Come no more before King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Verse 20, when the king's decree, which, is, which he will make, is proclaimed throughout all his empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. And the reply pleased the king and the princess, and the king did according to the word of Mimukin. Then he sent letters to all the king's provinces, to each province in its own script and to every people in their own language that each man should be master in his own house and speak in the language of his own people. The king who's toxic has surrounded himself with toxic people. Toxic men, and I'm talking about his advisors, they were toxic because they were just as weak-skinned, thin-skinned, rather, as the king. They were just as insecure as the king because godly men don't have toxic friends. Godly men have friends who will sharpen them like iron and lovingly challenge them from the word of God about how they're out of step with God. They're not yes men. They don't kiss behinds. But this man surrounded himself with toxic men who were also insecure in their masculinity and they were threatened by strong women, believing that this could start a revival in the land of women standing up for themselves. So let's make a law (laughs) to penalize any woman who tries to do what Vashti did. So toxic men invent laws, that force and guilt trip women into submission. They have laws over what she can and cannot wear. They have laws, man-made laws, over who she can and cannot talk to. They make laws and enforce laws about where she can and cannot go, laws. And within Christianity, toxic religious men have always used the Bible, or should I say misused the Bible, as a tool of oppression, any husband who has to say to his wife, "Submit to me because the Bible says so," is a weak man. Is a toxic man. If you got to quote Ephesians five, husbands, uh, uh, no, 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 that's the part laid on by love your wives like Christ loved the church, wives. Submit to your husband. You better submit to me because the Bible says you, you don't know anything about love. You don't know anything about leadership. If you've got to use the Bible to, quote, unquote, make your wife submit to you, you're not loving her like Jesus loves the church. You're weak. And through all my years of ministry, even going back into college, so many of these theobros or theological brothers. They'll take scriptures out of context. Back to Ephesians. Wives submit, but they forget what the scriptures say a few verses before. It says submit to one another out of fear for the Lord. So a healthy husband knows when and knows how to submit to his wife. Religion, it kills. Pharisees were going to kill a woman one day in John chapter 8 who was somehow caught in adultery, but it was just her. And they knew the law. The law kills, but the spirit gives life. And the one anointed with the Spirit was there that day. And he said, Um, let's make this real easy. Anyone without sin, y'all go ahead and throw the first stone at this woman who was caught in adultery. Because what toxic people do, they point big fingers at others and no thumbs at themselves. It's always her problem. What well, she's got. If if you wouldn't make me mad, toxic. And their religious, spiritual abusers are the worst kind of abusers because they think God condones their actions. And like the devil, they know how to quote and twist scripture. I said like the devil, they can quote and twist scripture. Number six, toxic men never repent. Chapter two, verse one, after these things, what things? When Vashti decided to make a decision and say no, And the king is angry, humiliated after these things, when the wrath of the king of Ahasuerus subsided. In other words, when the alcohol wore off too. When the alcohol wore off, he remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what had been decreed against her. So he's thinking, he's reminiscing about what happened. Then the king's servants who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. So his boys around him saw that he was beginning to develop a pulse. He's beginning to develop a heart and he was taking some level of remorse for what he had done. But his boys said, wait a minute, we can't let him slip into that. Why don't we get this beauty pageant going and you can get all the women around here to come up in here. And the Bible says the king liked what those guys said. But for a minute there was remorse, but there was no repentance. Repentance. You see, he's sorry, but not sorry enough to change. He's sorry, but not sorry enough to get some help. You see, a man can be sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it's called worldly sorrow. A man can be sorry, but never repent. Uh, is Judas around here anywhere? A man can be sorry. Judas was sorry, but he didn't repent. A man who has repented takes responsibility for the damage he caused. Stick with me. Don't look at your watch right now. We're almost done. A man who has repented because no one, as our sister said today, can be so far gone that the love of God cannot reach you and change you and touch you and transform you. We sing about grace. God's grace is so powerful, but it begins with repentance of a turning around and turning to God. And when you repent, you will recognize your patterns. When you repent, you will turn to Jesus and come under accountability and authority of Jesus' people at a healthy local church. And again, you will see a therapist to help get you free. When a man repents, he knows it will take time to restore the trust that he broke. And he won't even focus on rebuilding trust. He's focusing on getting his life right with God. And the overflow of that will help build trust in the marriage. Because the goal is not restoring the marriage. The goal is restoring the broken and abusive man back to God. The goal is not the marriage. The goal is I got to get myself right with Jesus. And I repent, God, because not only did I hurt her above all against you and you only have I sinned. I broke your heart when I broke her heart. God, I'm sorry. And when there's repentance, when a man comes to God and says, Lord, I'm sick, and say, yeah, 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 I came up in a busted home, a broken home. It's a reality, but it's not an excuse. I'm not going to talk about what my dad did or what my, I saw him doing to my mother. And so I kept it. Yeah, yeah, there's a cycle, but the Bible says cycles can be broken. Generational sin can be broken when? When someone repents, comes to the Lord and keeps his commandments. I'm talking about Exodus right here, chapter 20. Toxic men never repent. Now, they'll be in church all day long, but never repent. They'll preach from behind pulpits, but never repent. Because repentance says, take the pulpit. I don't need to be up here because I'm not right at home. But so many of the abusers are pastors. I won't name names today, but maybe another Sunday. But so many abusers are pastors. But when you've repented, you're willing to do whatever it takes for how long it takes, knowing you may not get another chance. In other words, you don't say, okay, I repent. Can we get back together now? No. I need to see some fruit in keeping with repentance. Because you messed me up mentally. I'm not even thinking right. You done messed me up. I gotta get myself right. You ever been on an airplane? And they say, in case of cabin pressure, or in other words, in case this thing starts going down, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. What they tell you to do? Put yours on first before you put on the mask of the person next to you. Why? Because you may be trying to help them and you don't get air, and both of y'all pass out. Get your oxygen. Breathe in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of Yah. Let him minister to you before you try to again help your husband. Your husband only has one Savior, and you're not him, ladies. You're not him. Sometimes you just got to step out of the way. Let God deal with him. Part of the problem is that you've tried to be his mother and not just his wife. Let God minister to him. Again, you breathe. But again, you've got to break patterns too of codependency. You call him all the time about everything, every decision. You've got to stop that. So just as much as he has to stop some things, you've got to stop some things too. When a caterpillar is coming out of its cocoon, let it come out on its own. If you pull a caterpillar out of a cocoon, it will not have the time to develop its muscles in its legs because you're doing the work for it. So therefore, when the caterpillar, who's trying to be a butterfly, you help it out, you abort the process, that butterfly will soon die because it did not develop on its own. Let him develop. And he ought to say, babe, look, I know I'd have messed up. I tore some things up. I understand if you don't want to be back with me. Because for some of them, it's you got to stay with me because I can't lose. If you walk away, that means I lose. And I can't lose. Why? Because I'm so prideful. So right now, you can't trust anything that's coming out of his mouth because he's sick. But if he's repenting and walking with Jesus, he says, I blew that up. I take responsibility, and I understand if she doesn't trust me. I understand if I walk in a room and she wants to walk out the other door. I get it. I'm not going to blame her. Say, woman, what's wrong with you? I prayed a prayer. Yeah, you prayed a prayer, but you didn't meet God. Finally, toxic men turn quickly towards other women. Chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, again, His homeboy's like, let's get a beauty pageant going on here. Let's bring the finest women up in here for you. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, that'll work. Because men like this use women. And let me go down the street of some homes that I've dealt with over the years. Many times when a toxic man can't get his way with a wife who's trying to honor God, when he can't get his way, he will go out and cheat on her. Many times rub it right in her face. But what we've seen over the years is that not only does he go out and cheat, he never stopped cheating on her. So he's a serial adulterer because he's toxic and he uses women. He turns to women. He has a charm about him. He could look like the bottom of my shoe, but if homeboy got charm on him, He know how to talk. He know how to schmooze. Again, like a serpent. He's slick with it. He has to find other women to conquer because he's sick. Well, Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou once said, when people show you who they really are, believe them the first time we've seen that toxic men are insecure they abuse alcohol, they abuse women they can't stand it when women stand up for themselves they use the law to control women oh boy, I wanted to say something that probably would have got me in trouble but I'll say it anyway because I'm always in trouble (laughs) men making laws that impact women without including women in the making of the laws. Imagine if women made laws that impacted men and their bodies without including men in the making of the law. But there's healthy hierarchy and then there's unhealthy hierarchy. And so many men who make laws, the founding fathers, Many of them made laws that did not include equality of women. So, so, so these abusive, toxic men not only make laws, but they possess—excuse me—they—they—they uh, 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 they, they, they use the law to control women. They never repent, and they turn quickly towards other women. So, how does the cycle break for him, and even for her? Well, it begins with. Doing something, the first thing, to begin breaking the cycle. I don't know why God had me preach this. He put on my heart, man, let's do the book of Esther. And we come out the gate with this. And once the Lord said, this is where I want you to go. The devil has been popping up with toxic men trying to disturb my peace. Men who used to go here, all of a sudden sending me messages. I said last week that I'm in process. I'm part holy. I'm part hood. I'm an eight on the Enneagram. And when you put that eight challenger protector under a prophetic gift I like when Nehemiah, the Bible says, he pulled folks' beards out and stuff. Because and some of these dudes, they're, well, all of them, they're punks. They're sick. They don't know how sick they are. They're deceiving and they're being deceived. And there's a bully spirit on them. But my God is able to break the bully. My God is able to break the wild mustang and colt make it submissive to him but it begins for that man to say father I am sick because Jesus came to heal sick people not people who think they're well and that's the problem a lot of abusers and toxic men they think they're okay you are not okay so what I want to do is I want to pray and I want to pray the way the Lord told me to pray I'm going to ask every man to stand up. Every man, whether you're married, single, teenager, I'm going to ask every man to stand up. I want to pray for you. I want to pray over you. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. But by the grace of God, there go we. There was a time where there we were. Father, would you keep us from falling? Would you deliver us from the evil one? We have a lot of power to affect and impact family, our children, even society. Lord, I thank you that when I read the book of Esther, I not only see this man who was toxic, but if I keep on reading, I see Mordecai who shows us how to be a man of God. Father, in this church, may there be more Mordecai's than Xerxes. Matter of fact, Lord, if Xerxes is in our church, is in our midst, if Xerxes right now is listening to this word, may they not get mad at me. May they have a talk with you. May they get alone with you. And be honest with you and with themselves, to take the mask off, to put the boxing gloves down. And Lord, for the majority of us in here who really strive to walk like Christ and to walk for Christ, keep us, O God. No matter what we've seen, no matter what we've come through, you are so able. To change and transform. We are not our past. As our sister Sydney said today, deliver us from shame of what we've done, what we've said, how we've hurt. And I thank you, Lord, that today is a great day to repent, to turn around, and to lift up our hands to you and say, God, help us. Help me to watch my tone and my tongue, and help me to watch the little things that I'm doing where I think my wife is my slave. Help me, Jesus, to get a fresh perspective. Help me to come to the classes at the church that are teaching about marriage because most of the dudes that need help are not plugged in to get help because we try, as Pastor Jerry said, to separate ourselves from the flock and that just makes us pray. Thank you for the men's ministry in this church. Continue to bless it. Continue to allow brothers to be real with each other, real with our struggles real with our brokenness. Thank you, God, that you're real with us, with your love and with your grace, with your truth. What would you do with too many testimonies of men you've turned around and blessed and touched, men whose terror has become their testimony now and they're able to minister to other men who've been down that path. So God, I pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, that we would look at the man in the mirror every day and say are we going to be truthful or are we going to live a lie thank you jesus in your name we pray amen. amen brother sit down sisters get up i need the sisters to get up i want to pray for you all the sisters married or single thank you for those who must leave leave quietly Father, I can't imagine how your heart breaks. I thank you for Elder Aubrey's words a couple weeks ago when Hagar had been physically assaulted by Sarah and put out by Abraham. and She thought she was going to die, but you saw her. El Rohi, the, the God who sees, you saw her and you gave her and her son water. And I thank you that you see all of our sisters who've had to find shelter and you see all of our sisters who've had to put money away to try to hide it. You've seen our sisters who've taken so much mental, physical, and verbal abuse. You see them, oh God. Pray God that you would not only protect them, but strengthen them. Help them to know how to fight and what to fight. Help those, Lord, who are not in toxic relationships, to not be self-righteous or to look down on anyone who is, but to always have an open door, an open ear a hug for a sister who's struggling. May this church be a strong tower. May this church be a safe place. I thank you for our security. I thank you that they're out watching, the men and the women watching this church because, Lord, there are restraining orders that go on with Christians. There are patterns that are unhealthy. So, Lord, I pray that when they come to the house of God, they can bring get a word and go back out knowing that you will not leave them nor forsake them give our sisters wisdom as a sister I'm sure teetering on leaving and divorcing because of the toxicity don't let that sister do it alone Lord I know it's sometimes hard to trust men but Lord there are good men in this house the good pastors and leaders and elders in this house, help us to help them. Thank you, God, for keeping it real with us. I pray for those online. Thank you that you are an omnipresent God. You're not bound by location. Help them, Lord, in their homes. I, I pray you would shut the mouths of the lion the way you did in the book of Daniel with the literal lions. I pray you will push back against the oppressive one and let these sisters see, Lord, your power. Can give them wisdom. I thank you for the therapists that are in this church, people who know the power of therapy pray for our people to make a step and that might be the step I'm going to go see somebody so I can get some tools to help me think through this and act through this season there's nothing wrong with me I'm loved by God these blessings we ask in Jesus name and for his sake amen you may be seated seated Seated. Well, before we leave, I, I, man, sometimes I, I don't like Western Christianity. When I go to Africa, the clock does not control the service. The Spirit controls the service. But in America, the clock controls the service. We're so conditioned. Man, we... Day, would you hug somebody well that hug may be one of the things that keeps them going God set somebody up today to be encouraged and ministered to might not be you, you, you but somebody needed from the first song till now and yeah we went over time but when that game goes over in time, you stay, don't you? You're not leaving because you paid your money. You want to see the end. Yeah. But there's a man I've been knowing y'all for years, so many years. He came to our church and got involved immediately with worship back in the early days at the Franklin YMCA. And just an excellent brother with a singing gift a talent that God gave him team player a gentle spirit a wonderful man stayed under my leadership for many years a fruitful member of our church then moved away to Memphis spent some time in Memphis and then came back during the pandemic and has friends at churches all over the place but decided to come back to Strong Tower and that was one of my joys just to see him then he started singing and man and then he got a job working with some seasoned saints serving them, encouraging them then he started bringing them to church they sit on the front row and I'd be afraid the music was too loud we're going to blow these sisters away they show right back up the next week. His heart to serve people, but God's opened up a door for him to go to. Is it Vermont? There ain't no black people in Vermont. And I want to say goodbye today, or so long to Russell Hardiman, who is being called to Vermont. Russell, would you come up at this time? come up with us. come on up here man we are going to miss you but thank you for let me be your pastor again man we did some ministry at a church one day me and him it was like old times And oh man he was supposed to have an ensemble with him the ensemble didn't show he sang the whole thing by himself and we just laughed like it was just the old days he helped get started this thing in our church called Kettle Praise where we would sing the well they would sing the, the spirituals he would teach us the spirituals and man your heart I'm going to miss your heart I'm going to miss your heart so I want to pray over you before we go to close the service but before that Dr. Jewel couldn't be here today so she sent A video message and the worship ministry has a gift for you. Is the video ready? Hi, Russell. Look, I just wanted to take time. of my vacation just to let you know how absolutely thankful we are for you brother your love for your commitment to ministry man we just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for just again blessing us with your presence with your ministry gifts and so we want to send you with just a blessing from us from the worship ministry so you will see it soon look whatever you do in Vermont we wish the best for you God's blessings upon you man go in peace and look we are always here we are always home so if ever you want to come back you know that we are just a drive away so look again we love you we bless you thank you brother go in peace amen do you want to say something you alright you you're going you have a promotion and you're going to assist our elderly brothers and sisters in a facility there in Vermont and, uh, and so, but your friends who are here said, man, it'd be all right if God put you on a Frisbee and brought you back, you know. Um, but thank you, man, we love you. Now, is there something, there, there's something over here, man. Uh, y'all bring that on up. He is getting in a truck today. And he's gonna start, how long does that drive? 16 to 18 hours. And uh, he's going to go up there and and, and get one of those suites that you stay in all week. You know, he's got established housing. Then he asked me, do you know of any churches in Vermont? I don't know anybody in Vermont, but God has his people there. But again, he wanted to find a church because he knows how important it is to be with the body of Christ. Oh, boy. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, close this service, we commission your servant. First, God, we thank you for his life. We thank you for who he is. Again, Lord, I thank you for his heart. He has a heart for you. He has a heart for people, a humble man. Lord, we've grown up together. We've seen the best of one another. We've also seen things not so good about one another. We have sharpened each other over the years. We've borne each other's burdens, God. We've always loved each other. Lord, I thank you that you brought him back to us, that I could hear him sing and watch him worship and be encouraged by his example. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful people that he would bring to this church almost every Sunday. New friends. And I pray, Lord, we can keep bringing them to church. So, Lord, raise up a driver for our van to go and pick these beautiful folk up and bring them to the house of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for social media because, Lord, although Russell's gone, we can check on him and he can check on us. (laughs) He can be with us in spirit even though he's not here present. But I do pray you allow him to find a good local church where he will be honored and valued and used and built up in the most holy faith. I pray for safe travel mercies, Lord, as he makes this trip. In Jesus' name, dispatch your angels before and behind. Give them a song as he's singing. Keep the truck operable and allow everything to just fall in place. Take care of them, God, because when you call someone, you equip them. When you call someone, you take care of them. When you call someone, God, you bless them. And Lord, there'll be adversity, but may he not be surprised. May he stay strong in the calling. Thank you that Lord, he prayed over this. He, he fasted. He, he made sure, am I hearing from God? And he's doing what is not easy. Because Lord, you don't want any of us to be comfortable. It would be comfortable for him to stay. But Lord, this is not what you have for him right now. He's got to go. So, Father, we send him to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in his going out as he was blessed in his coming in. Lord, I pray that you would cause all grace and goodness to abound towards him. You would protect him from disease, from hurt, harm, and danger, that your angels again would take even physical form to fight his battles and to be with him. Thank you, God, for this worshiper. Thank you for this leader. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen, amen. You are dismissed. God bless you. Hug somebody. Hug somebody and put a little love on Brother Russell. He wouldn't be mad if you put a 50 in his hand. He wouldn't be mad if you put a 20 in his hand.